Attention golfers, if you're looking to upgrade your game with a set of high-quality clubs that are blazing fast, beyond forgiving, and beautifully made, check out the all-new PXG Gen 6 Golf Clubs. Not only are they easy to hit, they deliver outstanding distance and incredible accuracy, lowering your scores and bringing you more fun on the golf course. What more could you want? Schedule your Gen 6 fitting today at pxg.com or by calling 844-PLAY-PXG. And we're back, Stripe Show podcast on a Wednesday. I'm your host, Travis Fulton, back in the saddle here in the studio. Today's podcast brought to you by About Golf Simulators, glowing in the backdrop. Going to be teaching in it soon. Is a nice little three-day break in the Bahamas. And here I am now just, you know, trying to get back into this, this work thing uh, around golf. But I love what I do. And I've been looking forward to this, this podcast as we've been trying to put it together. Talented young teacher joins me today, Brian Kriegan down in Jupiter, Florida, the Jupe life. How's that, buddy? Welcome to the, the podcast. Yeah, thanks a lot. I, uh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for putting it together. Uh, yeah, but- Jupe life. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of fun down here. Um, a lot of good golf and, and good weather too. So, um, and, a, and a lot of good players, right? A lot of... Uh, talented players, not only the professionals that we know that live down there uh, and that uh, make a living on the PGA Tour, Live Tour, Corn Ferry Tour, what have it, um, but just uh, a lot of mini tour players and top amateurs and whatnot. And, and, and you, have, uh, you have a few of them that you teach. And there's one specifically that, that I want to talk about today, and that's uh, Danny McCarthy, who you started with a couple years ago. And I'm looking at him statistically, and I was you know, not only obviously understanding how great of a putter he is, we know Danny McCarthy is one of the greatest putters in the world. And I want to talk about his stroke and the, his practice plan and the things that he does there, but also the improvement that he's making with his swing, which I, I want to get into uh, as you guys kind of started down this path a couple years ago, right? Yeah, uh, a little over two years ago now. Um, I think it was right before Bay Hill, um, two full calendar years ago. Um, and you know, Denny came to me, he was struggling a little with, um, you know, just knowing what he was working on. Um, said he just felt a little lost, needed a little direction. And, you know, the, the first thing I sort of looked at statistically, it was okay. You know, I know he's feeling this way, but, but what's really going on and, um, approach play was definitely something that stuck out, um, that he had been struggling with for, for a little while. Um, you know, I think he was, above 150th on tour in proximity in basically every yardage category, mm. um, approach. Um, so, you know, that, that was really our, our primary focus, especially for the first year, um, was just getting his body moving, um, in a way that was a little more efficient, gave him a little better chance to, um, you know, get the ball closer to the hole. And, mm. you know, he's a, a great putter. If you just get him on the green, <laughs> uh, he's going to do some good things. So, um, you know, he's super confident there. And, um, so yeah, I mean, been, been sort of lucky to, to help a lot of players who have been really good putters. Um, and you know, you just get them going a little bit and get them more confident with ball striking and, and they take off. So, well, we're going to get to that ball striking here in a second and it's, and it's interesting stuff. And, and what Brian's going to talk about with, with Danny is, is, you know, some, some, some things about how he interacts with the ground and, and the pressure that he's putting through his feet. So you're not going to want to miss that. We're going to get to that in a second, but we can't 
talk Danny McCarthy without talking about his putting first because this dude putts to a basketball hoop. I mean, it is ridiculous when this guy gets it going. Talk to us to start with what we're looking at here, maybe some things that he does at a dress or relative to a stroke that is important to Denny um, filling it up with the, with the flat stick. Yeah. It, it's funny. You mentioned basketball. He, you should see him shoot a basketball too. Um, or do really just about anything hand eye related for that matter. Um, he's, he's kind of a, a freak of nature when it comes to that stuff. Um, so he's a good three point shooter. Like he can fill it up from three point land. Exceptional. Yeah. Um, there's actually a video. If, if you go search this, I think the PGA tour followed him to the wizards practice facility, um, during the Wells Fargo when it was up there at, at uh, TPC Potomac. Um, and I think it was a, a guard from UVA where Denny went to college and Denny's from DC. He, he just fills it up. So definitely worth a watch. Um, but you know, when it comes to his putting, I, I think the reason I sort of, I, give all that for background, you know, he's really good with hand eye. He, he visualizes and reads greens really, really well. And, you know, before I even talk about what he does so well from a technique standpoint, you know, intention always precedes motion. Um, and he's got really good, a really good ability and a knack for green reading, visualizing. Um, and, and I think that's where his real skill lies right it, it starts there mm-hmm. um you know as we were just watching that that routine you'll watch him walking into the ball you know look at where his eyes are um as he as he approaches this ball mm-hmm. they're sort of scanning down the line then he's meticulously setting that putter down adjusting it getting it right where it needs to be all relative to what he's seeing um you know there's an old jackie burke line that i i like to uh, tell the members here at Pine Tree that if you can see the line, you can roll a ball on it. But if if you're just going to get up there and hit it, you're not never going to make it, is what he said. And I think that's really, uh, you know, really profound that you've got to be able to to see and read the greens. Um, you know, Brad Faxon talks about the do tracks that he used to see growing up caddying um, and visualizing the path that the ball is going to take. And I, I think that's Um, you know, you look at great putters and I think that they're all exceptional green readers and that sort of gets lost on, especially this digital age of instruction. You know, it's hard to see what he's seeing or understand it. It's very easy to go straight to where's his ball position. What putter is he using? Um, Right. What are his, is he using his, is he using his eyes, his feet? How, How does he go about reading a green? Because obviously this is something that through trial and error, right? I mean, he, he's worked at reading greens. He's got a baseline in his head on what he's seeing or feeling through his feet. Is there anything you can share that works for him from kind of quantifying how much it's going to break or not break? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, he primarily was using his eyes uh, prior to us getting together. Um, but he was also very good at using the, the greens books um, when they mm-hmm. were legal on the tour, which would show all the contours. And, and he was extremely meticulous in studying those, understanding those, um, and, you know, making that into a visual for what, what the ball was going to do. You know, he was, he was good at that already, but you know, that on top of really meticulously studying those books, he was really good. Since those have gone away, we've done quite a bit of foot training, 
um, you know, aim point and understanding how to feel slope. And just like anything else, he's grasped uh, onto that concept and, and become really skilled at feeling slope with his feet and almost building a greens book on his own uh, by mm. taking little measurements with his feet to feel the percentage of slope along the, the length of his putt. Um, you know, he still uses his instincts and his eyes, but um, yep. that's become a really valuable tool, almost replacing the, the greens book. So we've, we've definitely done some of that. Here's, here's one thing that I see, Brian. So I'm going to play this again. Watch his right hand. His right hand sits way under. He hasn't gripped it yet. His right hand sitting underneath the grip, hasn't, hasn't connected his hands, gets everything set, and now watch. And now he connects his hands. Yep. And it almost, it's almost like um, you look at Colin Morikawa now. He goes up and he puts his hands together, gets everything set, and then he grips it. And, and he does that for kind of a forearm shoulder alignment. And I'll run it again here. He's got his left hand on. He's aiming the putter face. His right hand's way underneath. And, and then once he gets everything where he wants, it gets comfortable. Then he sets his grip. Off he goes. Is that on purpose? Uh, it, it's definitely, I don't know that it's uh, conscious at this point. He's been doing it so okay. long. It's definitely on purpose and, and serves a function, I think is maybe a better way to say it. Okay. Uh, you know, he's, like I said, he's seeing his line. He's very meticulously aligning the putter to, in a familiar way to launch the ball down that line. And then before he even sets his grip, you see him shuffling his feet around a little bit and getting his body set to his putter. And it, I think if you watch most great putters, they sort of do it in this order. They set the, see the line, they set the putter to the line, they set their body to their putter. Um, you know, one of my mm-hmm. putting mentors, uh, David Orr, great putting coach out of uh, Pine Needles in North Carolina. Yep. You know, he would always harp on this, the order of this routine and how important it is to aim the putter t- to the intended line to aim your body to the putter. See a lot of amateur golfers, they walk in, first thing they aim is their feet, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't putt with our feet right? We putt with the, with the club, right? So you got to aim that first. You see Denny putting his left hand is stabilizing the top of the grip as he's aiming that there. It's not even remotely close to uh, getting his grip on there until he mm-hmm. knows that that putter's in the right spot, gets his spacing, and then his grip goes on. Once that's on, there's very little waste mm-hmm. of time. He's just shooting, shooting hoops at that point. Yeah, it's almost like a it's almost like a trigger for the brain. Like there's a routine, and then when he does, then apply the hands. It's go time. It's like there's no guess on when the the putter head is going to be taken back. Now, is there anything Denny would do from a practice standpoint? Take us to maybe like one or two things that that Denny does that maybe is line driven or speed driven or both that's kind of staples for one of the best putters in the game. Yeah. So, uh, probably the most common exercise that he'll do, uh, during an off week or occasionally at, at tournaments is he'll use the perfect putter ramp, um, which is a great training training aid for many things, but he'll basically find a putt that's maybe eight or 10 feet away, a little bit of right to left break, find another putt, similar length, a little bit of left to right break, maybe just off the hole. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll find the ideal speed that he would want to hit that using the perfect putter ramp. He'll then use a chalk line and just put a short little chalk line, maybe two, two and a half feet uh, on the intended start line. 
And he'll do that and he'll meticulously practice uh, lining up his golf ball, he uses the line on the ball a lot of the time, not all the time. Um, but when he's doing this exercise, he definitely practices lining his ball up very, very meticulously, even almost more so than what you're seeing with how he's aiming his putter. Mm -hmm. He's practicing lining his ball up, which is really an important thing, especially for amateur golfers that I see using the line on their golf ball. They just kind of set it down haphazardly, or even if it's just tilted a little forward or back or side to side, just gently makes a big difference optically. So he's, he'll practice that getting comfortable with how his ball sits relative to his intended line. And then because the putt has a little bit of break, he's working on start line, launching them end over end up that blue uh, chalk line. And then also a little bit on speed, right? Because if he mm-hmm. hits it a little soft, it's going to break off. So it's kind of covering, you know, he'll see how, how quickly he can get the perfect putter in the right spot. So he's working on green reading while he's setting it up. He's working on line, obviously, as he sets his line down and, and works on launching it. Occasionally puts a T gate in there if he needs to, to mm-hmm. just reinforce start direction. And then inherently it's a, a speed exercise, um, which, you know, speed from five to 15 feet is still very important. Um, you know, it's a, a lot of people are very focused on line, but uh, speed's a real, real big one when you're looking at holding. So the ramp, we're rolling the ball down the ramp and he's, yep. and, and, and he's seen the ball turn in and the perfect speed, right? So if it doesn't make it, it's just past the hole. Is Denny one that likes to take the higher and kind of diet or is he one that wants to kind of, you know, hit it off the backboard per se? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's, it's somewhere in between, I would say, okay. Uh, okay. you know, I, it sort of depends on the putt. You know, if you watch him from, from 30, 35 feet, you know, he's going to leave a good portion of those putts short. And, yep. and I think you see that from the best putters from distance, you know, they're, they're actually leaving a lot of putts short, which is again, another thing I, I tell the members here all the time, it is okay to leave a putt short when you're 30 feet away. Um, it's actually yeah. encouraged sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if he gets it there inside of 10 feet, you know, he likes kind of giving it a little more authority. He's pretty confident with his three footers. So um, he's, he's definitely not ever putting scared. I'd, I'd say that. Yeah. So last question on the putting here. Um, so we talked about kind of his routine here and, you know, like you, you look at the, you look at the shaft lean here, pretty neutral. And then he, he go ahead, he engages, would you say his arms are moving his shoulders or is his shoulders moving his arms? Or is that even a discussion? It, it looks like when the putter head returns to impact, it's, it's pretty darn close to where it starts, maybe a little bit more lean, but that, that putter head does past the lead wrist there's there's no hang on uh in that stroke but does denny ever share like i kind of feel my arms moving my shoulder my shoulders moving my arms what what kind of dialogue does he does he have there that he shares and and is it consistent does it change at times yeah so i I wouldn't say that uh we've we've gone into full detail on what's what is the motor but i I will share with you some feels that he's had. Mm-hmm. Um, one is, you know, he'll do a little bit of right, right hand only putting, right. I've seen Tiger do that for years. And as he's doing that, he feels that he's basically letting the milling on the face of his putter sort of grip the ball. And he feels mm-hmm. his right hand just 
gently coming through and almost raising and almost just lifting the ball out of the grass and rolling it with just a little bit of topspin, almost just like a little bit of a topspin forehand feel. Love that. Um, and you know, it's kind of interesting, you know, I, I've taken some, some slow-mo video of him launching the ball, right? His ball gets a little bit airborne, right? A lot of good putters do, especially down here in South Florida, you're putting into the grain. Um, mm-hmm. You need to get that ball not necessarily rolling immediately. It needs to get up out of the grass, have either neutral or maybe even a little forward spin, which is really what he feels. Um, and, you know, that's, that's how you get that tight roll. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always say nothing rolls like a ball. So yeah. people, people get really sort of carried away with, man, he rolls it really good. But not really. He, he launches it good. And then his ball rolls the same as your ball. You know, like <laughs> nothing rolls like a ball. So, um, you know, people just get a little, a little funny about that, but, um, I'd say that's the, he's not very mechanical when it comes to the yeah. putting. And I think yeah. you find that from most great putters and, you know, it's tough when you get a, a talented player who's struggling with making putts, you know, I've never really seen one get out of that by being more mechanical and more yeah. rigid. Certainly. You need some fundamental mechanics and, and Danny's got some really good stuff here that we could go into. Um, but a lot of it, you know, not really that on purpose. <laughs> you see, it's interesting that you, you can see that. I think it's a really good visual and feel that right hand, you know, kind of, you know, bend a little extended and then just this little raise of the handle. It's almost like just like a little mini overhand, you know, feeling that kind of uses the loft you know, almost like a bit of a draw bias kind of concept um, that gets that ball tumbling. I, I love that. And, and I think it, we have a lot of coaches that, that listen to the stripe show pot. I think you said something that's really, really valuable here when you're, when you're working with a player like a Denny McCarthy in this kind of skill set. there's a, there's a genius that, that is within Denny, you know, obviously with this club and, and, and you haven't filled him with, thoughts to just fill him with thoughts. You haven't said things to him just to fill him, just, just to maybe prove that you know what you're talking about. Right. Or, um, or that is, that is right. Like you could, you could share a lot of things that you see that, yeah, this is correct. And, and this is great, but now you're just filling him up with things that probably he doesn't need to be thinking about because there's a genius in there. Don't, don't, don't interrupt that. Have the conversation about the things that maybe need to have that need the conversation. Right. But let's not just, let's just not have a, let's just not just talk and just have words out there floating that are now filling up your brain. That is a brain that doesn't need to be filled up with a bunch of thoughts. No doubt. I think, um, you know, as a, a young, younger version of me, <laughs> I definitely was a, a little more chatty and, and, you know, some of that is just wanting to, to let people know, you know, you know what you're doing. Right. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, this is a passion of mine. I'm, I'm really into it. And, you know, I'm up at night looking at stuff about the golf swing or about sure. putting or whatever it is and, and spent most of my life doing that. But you learn as a coach, you know, this is not about me. <laughs> you know, I'm not the show here. I'm, I'm in a support role and I need to do mm-hmm. the best job that I can for the player. And sometimes that's saying very little or almost nothing sort of letting things, uh, play out. And, 
you know, you just, you learn with time to, to figure out when to speak and when not to. And I, I think that's one of the biggest uh, skills you can learn as a young coach. Um, yeah, that's well said. And you've done, you've done obviously a very good job with him. And, you know, Denny obviously uh, led the tour in putting back to back years. He's always up there uh, when it comes to a strokes gain putting standpoint. When you look at it from a ball striking standpoint, um, there's been some changes here as well. And this is kind of a more recent version. And as you and I start a dialogue and texting, uh, the first thing that I kind of mentioned to you that was jumping out to me was his, his left foot, right? You could kind of see this left heel kind of yeah. lifting in the backswing, even with an iron and then kind of repositioning itself on the downswing. Give us some cliff notes here of, of Denny's uh, progression with his swing. Cause clearly statistically there's been gains here and, and you look at strokes gain off the tee back in 2020, he was 158th, 2021, 146, 2022, 23 this season, he's 90th. So he's, he's taken great steps there. It's been the same with his approach game from 174 to 99. So he's moving in the right direction here um, from a ball striking standpoint. Share with us the uh, couple things here we're looking at with Denny and what he's changing his swing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, you mentioned the left foot. I think that's the first thing people see when Denny jumps on the telecasts and he's up, you know, in the hunt and they see this footwork, a um, little pitter patter before he takes the club away and then that left foot lifts. But, um, Quite frankly, a lot of the work that we did early on was actually in his right foot, um, which, you know, he used to, as he would take the club away, rock back sort of from P3 to P4, left arm parallel to the top, his right toes would actually start rocking up off the ground and he'd sink back towards his right heel. And you, okay. I mean, you could slide, you know, a stack of business cards under his right toes as he was approaching the top and you'd see his whole center of mass moving back away from the golf ball. Uh, and then basically from there, he was sort of in a, a situation where, you know, his arms were a little bit more upright as well, which we'll get into. And he's coming down and just basically spinning out, opening up and then jumping back towards his heels and throwing his arms out to the, to the golf ball, which sort of out of necessity, he needed the arms and club to speed up and overtake to, you know, deliver the speed and deliver the the club face to the ball. Um, but he was just hitting a few too many outlier shots. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the data suggested that, you know, I, it's funny, he's playing with, uh, Joel Damon this week at, at the Zurich and back, this would have been in 2018 or 19. I think we, uh, a friend of mine that I played high school golf with Andrew Patton is a data scientist and mm -hmm. We were looking at Denny and Joel's approach play just to learn what their dispersion patterns were actually on the golf course. Um, and it was fascinating. Joel was playing really, really great at that time. And Denny was struggling a little bit. And we sort of looked at the size of their dispersion patterns on the course and the, the regularity of these outlier shots. And it was shocking how different, you know, most, most people think all these tour guys hit it the same. No, no, they don't, <laughs> you know, like the guys that are hitting it, you know, really good are, are significantly better. And so we were seeing a lot of outliers. His good shots were still great. And, you know, he's an unbelievable athlete and, um, you know, like I said, good at pretty much anything involving hand-eye coordination. Um, and so 
you know, it's kind of, kind of a blessing and a curse in some ways, I guess. I mean, I don't know if he'd be out there if he wasn't that good at that. Nothing against him. I think everyone out there is, is a gifted athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's almost, you know, at sometimes incentivized not to move as efficiently maybe. Um, but so we, we really set out. He's got a lot of body awareness to stabilize that right foot. So he and, feels it more in like the ball of the foot? Like he feels pressure now more like in his ball, less heel, more ball? Yeah, we, we sort of started out just with the concept of sort of the stable, mobile, alternating joint pattern between foot, ankle, knee, and hip. So he was sort of mobilizing his foot toward the end of the backswing. And so then what ends up happening is the ankle doesn't really want to load. And then the knee becomes a little wobbly. And then the hip doesn't really want to load. And then he's just sort of coasting on the downswing. So what we did was we felt like he really steps down on that right foot before he takes the club away Hmm. and sort of learn to keep some contact with the, we call it the tripod. It's basically the the three main pressure points on the, on the bottom of the foot. Obviously the heel is, is one point, the ball of the foot, and then sort of the lateral border, the the right edge of his right foot, Um, keeping some, some contact with the ground in all three of those so that his ankle can start loading. Mm -hmm. And you know, you'll see that in this video here, this face on, you can see his right foot's pretty stable on the ground. His ankle twists a little early and, you know, it doesn't look like there's a ton going on under his right foot. It looks pretty stable all the way to the top. Um, Another thing that, you know, we've learned over the last few years, Denny's right foot has a much more severe arch than his left foot. Um, And so, you know, you don't learn these things right away from, from folks, but we've actually had some insoles developed for him that are custom fit, which allow that right foot, which has a lot of parts of it that are not contacting the ground to Mm -hmm. sit a little more flush. So he feels he can work against that a little more, get that ankle joint actually twisting, loading a little bit more. And that migrates all the way up the chain, gets a little bit more right hip internal rotation than he used to, a little bit more thoracic rotation. And then he's able to let his arms uh, arms and shoulders sort of wrap around that a little bit more as well, rather than just this sort of lifting idea, which you can yeah. see from the line. Yeah. Cause you can see that here from now. Now I bring up the target line view, his left arm, definitely uh, a bit more around him. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not by necessarily trying to whip his hand path in. Right. Um, we've definitely stayed away, away from that. It's more just that He's getting a little bit more rotation at the ankle joint level, a little yeah. more rotation at the hip. Just a few degrees from each of these places makes a, a pretty significant difference in terms of the hand path mm-hmm. um, and, and how the arms and shoulders load. And not just the position, but you know, equally or, or frankly way more important is the sequence, uh, which is a basically, if I had to sum up what, what Denny and I have worked on for two years, it's understanding where the ranges of motion come from and training it in dynamically in sequence. Um, learning to let the pressure get into the right foot, load the ankle, hip, thoracic spine, arm, shoulder, transfer the weight back to the left, which is your original question about this left foot. Yep. See him unweighting that left foot as he loads, loads in the right, rotates back, gets his pressure back into the left, really early in transition sort of by P five is our marker for making sure that left foot is established back down on the ground, exerting some force right there. Up right there. He stamps that thing down 
that's even before P5. He's got it on the ground. You're going to see his mm-hmm. peak pressure under that foot very shortly thereafter this. Uh, and then he's able to then transfer that energy up the chain. And what you'll see on the through swing as a result, his arms and shoulders will overtake his lower body. Mm-hmm. And when I say overtake, the shoulders are turning faster and more than the pelvis during that, that critical interval where you're hitting the ball. If you look at his old videos, the overtaking rate of the shoulders was much, much slower uh, mm-hmm. during that time. And pelvis and um, upper thorax and shoulders, arms, they were almost all coasting at the same rate mm-hmm. uh, on his really bad shots. Right, That's where these outliers were coming from is the arms and shoulders were not overtaking uh, the lower body. So getting that pressure established left really early in transition allows him to stabilize that point, start pushing up from the ground, transferring that energy rotationally up the chain, lets his shoulders overtake and, and deliver the energy pretty efficiently. Um, and, you know, like lifting the left foot off the ground is not necessary to be able to do that. And, and frankly, I never asked Denny to lift his left foot off the ground something naturally he sort of was already doing to some extent. It's just as we gained more range of motion through right ankle and right hip, we actually started to see more motion in that lead foot lifting and replanting. And we've sort of managed it where we have parameters for when it's got to be back down, where his center of mass needs to be, uh, relative to when that left foot replants so that he can efficiently let those arms and shoulders overtake and and deliver the energy to the ball. So when his old way, when he would take it back here to the top and his right toes were up and he didn't have that tripod, he didn't have that energy from the ankle to the knee to the hip. When he started down, he wouldn't, he wouldn't put the pressure as firmly into that left side or as quickly, say, as P5. So he would almost at times spin off, he would almost kind of spin away from it, right? Like you were saying. And now with the ankle, knee, hip more aligned and that pressure, I really liked you said about the, the three pressure points of the foot. I think for people listening, the heel, um, the, the ball of the foot, and then the inside portion, right, of the, of the right foot. Or the outside, um, outside portion. Or, or the really. outside, excuse me. Yeah, the outside portion. And keeping that, keeping those three touching the ground, right? As you turn, keeping those three attached, you know, can really give you that sensation. And then from there, he it was much easier for him to reestablish that pressure early into the left foot. Is that accurate? That That's definitely accurate. Um, and for a player who does like the feeling and the, and the rhythm and timing of shifting pressure to the right, you know, it's critical that you're able to get back left. Yeah. Um, you know, that's sort of the commonality with all, you know, all good hitters. They get the maximum pressure under that left foot early in, in downswing. Um, whether you start there, sort of not move a lot of pressure off it. See a lot of players do really well doing that. Um, or if you even unweight that foot entirely, we see it from the long drive community a lot um, as sort of a way to increase ground force, right? So that's sort of the the model Denny is using. We're obviously not trying to be a long drive competitor. We're trying to hit the ball where we're where we're looking. But <laughs> yeah. um, 
you know, you see him here at 18 at Waste Management playing a practice round with John Rahm, actually, and, and he absolutely striped this one, um, which for Denny, that's a hard tee shot because covering that lake on the left is, is uh, questionable. Um, mm-hmm. So you see him really load, right foot's really stable, mm-hmm. right hip internal, arms and shoulders load last. And then you see him almost jumping off that left foot. You see it <laughs> yep. after, after impact, it does that little rainbow trace. You see the long drive community talking about again, not stuff I've really had to uh, explain to Denny that much. It's more just once he has his pressure right there, he's in a spot where he's being super athletic, using the, the ground really well yep. and transferring those arms and shoulders to overtake. Um, and you see how, how much those shoulders really are rotating faster than any other segment, um, down around P six, P seven. Yep. And, and, you know, that's, that's really the key. So, yeah. Um, I think when I go back to this target line view here, I think what's, what's, what's cool here to the eye, if you were just looking at some of the limbs, you would, you would see the hand path a little more in the left arm more around. Right. And then I think, but that's really kind of the net result of the way that he's loading things um, with the mobility now in the ankle knee and the hip. And then obviously how that then reestablishes into the left foot. I would imagine from this view, you could really see the toes lifting. Um, you could really see it, you know, and, and would you say now, as we kind of finish up here with, with a little ball flight, um, would you say that through this, um, that shaft coming down, maybe a, a touch shallower um, through the strike attack angle, maybe a little less, or has that maintained um, from the old to the new? Uh, I'd say a little shallower and yeah, yeah maybe a little, a little less down at times. It, it depends a lot on the shot he's hitting. Yeah. Um, you know, I think when you look at most of the swings from, from, before we ever got together, the shaft was definitely a little a little higher up at P5 from down the line, a little more up through the shoulder. Club face looked a little more shut at that point. Um, and what you'll see is, a, generally speaking, a little more shallow there, face a little less. It's definitely not shut, right? If anything, that's laying back on itself a little bit. Um, and shallower, helping him get this ball in the air with mm-hmm. ease, hit sort of a mid to higher push and draw shot when he wants to, he still absolutely has the ability to flight it down and, and sort of hit these hold shots. Um, and, you know, I think that's a point I'd want to make too, just, you know, for the amateur golfer looking at YouTube videos for their, you know, their next swing thought or, or even coaches, if you don't know the intent of the player can't really diagnose the, their swing, right? Like, I know I was standing there. Asked, I asked Denny almost before every shot and, and almost most players that, that I work with, I'm going to ask, what, what's your intention here? What are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in, in this case, he's hitting just a little, little baby draw, starting a little to the right, um, kind of medium high. He's, you know, he was taking about seven or eight yards off of this. Um, just kind of working on a, you know, feel if you actually rewind it you'll see he's got his right index finger and thumb almost off the shaft here um, off the grip at a dress and and all the way through the stroke it's uh, an exercise his uh, yeah. childhood coach Bob Woolen had him doing 
seen Ben Hogan pictures, right. And practicing yeah. that way. And, um, it's been a, a really, really key feel for him just to sequence everything up and, um, you know, hmm. not feel that tossing and rolling and over acceleration of the, at the wrist level. So it really encourages him to do all the rest of the body motions that we're, uh, you know, that we've been working on for the last two years. Um, cause he's not going to save it with that right hand. Well, he seems to be moving in the right direction here. You, you look at, uh, you know, the, the, this year, obviously he was fourth out in California at AT&T. He was 14th Genesis. It's the last three events. Tita Green, he's been, he's been solid. The reality, you know, 13th at the players, 19th at Valspar, 25th last week. You know, if Danny McCarthy has one of those plus five or six rounds putting, he, he probably has a chance to win, you know, um, uh, his approach game really good at Valspar. Um, so he, it, a lot of, a lot of positives here, you know, it looks like with, with Denny and I, I've been talking about him on the podcast and obviously following him, um, in his career and, and then reached out to you and I'm like, God, Denny, Denny's going to get a win this year. That was my, one of my predictions at the start of the season is McCarthy is going to get a win this year and I'm going to, I'm going to stay on it. I'm going to stay with it. I think it's going to happen. Um, you'll be the first. I'll be the first to. You'll hear from me um, when he does, and, um, and then maybe we'll have you back on after he gets that win uh, this year. And they could do it this year. Joel's been, been you know, he he can he can strike it. So maybe the McCarthy, Joel Damon um, duo this week up in the Zurich catch a little hot putter and a couple breaks here and there, and they they get themselves a W. Yeah, I, uh, I'm looking forward to watching those guys this week. And, um, you know, if anything, they're going to have a lot of fun out there. Um, you know, people know Joel now uh, from the Netflix show and, and his personality. And, you know, Denny's not too far behind. So um, <laughs> that's be interesting, good. right? That's interesting because he, he seems he, he seems he just seems, I've never met Denny. He seems like a, he seems like a really nice guy, um, but he's got a little wit to him, too. He's can he can he can need you a little bit and make you laugh. Yeah, he's a he's a silly guy, and um, but takes his golf very seriously, and you know he wants to win more than anyone is else is rooting for him. I'll tell you that for free. So, um, yeah, you know, and he's not not scared of the moment. So excited to to Love see it. where he goes in you know next year or two. Well, you're doing a good job, man. You're a top young teacher. Keep up the great work, Brian Cregan down in um in, on Jupiter. Your your Instagram. Tell my audience here uh, where you're at. Uh, yeah, you could, I'm not super active there anymore, but, um, you can okay. certainly reach out that way. Uh, it's just at Brian Cregan, um, no spaces or anything like that. And, um, yeah, probably the easiest way to, to get in touch, maybe direct message there, but, um, you know, haven't been too active on social media that may change, but yeah, too busy teaching. <laughs> yeah. Well, I understand. Don't job. wear yourself out, man. Right. Don't wear yourself out. You got, you got a lot of years ahead of you. That would be my advice, but Keep up the good work. I appreciate your time for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much, Travis. I really appreciate it.